0: Lawton Swan joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter or X, whichever you prefer, at Lawton Swan. He covers the Clemson Tigers for ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Lawton, what's going on, my man?
1: Hey, Wes, I'm good, buddy.
0: How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. So we had Will Shipley on earlier talking about these Clemson Tigers. We just went through the schedule. I've got them 10-2. and 2. My man Walker Males got them going 11-1. and 1. But how do you see Clemson's season shaping up under Garrett Riley at offensive coordinator at uh, also Cade Clubnick stepping in at quarterback?
1: Yeah, so I think it's interesting because I think there are a lot of people out there, Wes, if you look at last season, they really wanted to see Kate Klubnick a little bit sooner than you really got to. And, you know, he really came on to the scene in that matchup against North Carolina in the ACC championship and then obviously playing in the Orange Bowl against Tennessee once D.J. Uyunglele decided that he wasn't going to come back to Tigertown. So I think with all of that and what you saw, there was a, a bit of a tempo change when he was in the game. And I think that was a refreshed feeling for a lot of people. And then the offseason hire that you mentioned, you know, Dabo Sweeney going out and and bringing in Garrett Riley. I I think, you know, that's – I was watching, I'll tell you this, I was watching the Johnny Manziel documentary the other week. And the thing that I didn't realize when I was watching it initially was that Cliff Kingsbury was the offensive coordinator when Manziel won the Heisman Trophy. Now, I'm not trying to equate that Kate Klubnick will go on to win a Heisman Trophy at Clemson in this system, but while there are different iterations of that air raid offense, what we do know is that Garrett Riley, Lincoln Riley, and uh, and Cliff Kingsbury all kind of come from that same tutelage and kind of have a, a similar system. So I could see where, you know, if this, this team can play at the highest level at wide receiver with Cade Klubnik and all of the things that he brings to the table, maybe even his ability to rush the football, it could be a special season. And I don't think you guys are so far gone with, you know, ten and two and eleven and one predictions. I think you look at the schedule; they'll probably be favored in the majority of the games, if not all. And uh, you can make the argument their two toughest games are at home with Florida State and Notre Dame.
0: And then, Lawton, also when you when you talk about this schedule, where do you see maybe the potential pitfalls? I know you just mentioned a couple of matchups right there. Are there any, uh, you know, big matchups where you're really looking to those and saying, hey, this could determine their season?
1: Well. So I always think week one is funny, and I know you being a former player, you kind of understand this. The ball bounces a strange way that opening weekend, and you never know. The other thing, too, that I think will maybe influence some things is the new clock management. You know, how many possessions do teams get? And we really don't know it, right? It's all kind of mythical at this point because of the the clock not stopping like we're accustomed to it doing at the collegiate level. So if you lose some possessions per game, then maybe some teams that can figure out a way uh, to possess the ball a little longer can keep the you know kind of play a game of keep away from some of these high-powered offenses. And we'll see if that does end up popping up. Games I'd watch out for, obviously, I think North Carolina, and, and then that matchup at the end of the season, you know, with South Carolina. The fact that the Gamecocks went into Death Valley and kind of shocked everybody, coming from behind, being down 14 to win at 31-30. Uh, Dabo Sweeney has kind of insinuated when I was talking with him at the agency kickoff that he feels like that game may have actually kept Clemson out of the playoff a year ago. So I don't think Clemson feels too far from the college football playoff conversation. But there are some, uh, as you might call them, landmines along the way. But those are the four that I'd, I'd really look at, is the two I mentioned earlier with Florida State and Notre Dame and then that North Carolina-South Carolina swing that you've got at the back end. The good news is next week up in Charlotte, Everybody will get a chance to see the Tar Heels and the Gamecocks face it off. So for Clemson fans, even though you're a long way off from those games, you might get a little preview of what those two teams could look like later on in November.
2: That's the voice of Lawton Swan, ClemsonSportsTalk.com, on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Lawton, we've talked a lot about the quarterback exchange. A lot of people have. The offense, how different it could look, not only with Garrett Riley, but also Cade Klubnick. You go back last year, you see DJU only throw for 250 yards one time, and that was in a double overtime game against Wake Forest. Is it safe to say, is it fair, I should say, to say that DJU held back this offense last year?
1: Whew, man, i tell you, if you listen to DJ, he kind of feels the, the exact opposite. Right, so, <laughs> right. You know, I my, my thing is this, and, and I'll be honest, I think you're going to know for sure after about three weeks in the season. And the reason I say that is is because, you know, when we were in school and that science professor was trying to teach us about variables and we didn't really understand what he was talking about, well, now we do if you look at college football because whatever DJ does at, at Oregon State will be indicative of whether or not, you know, this was a Clemson thing or a DJ thing because you've separated the two. And then you've also kind of added in that variable of Garrett Riley versus Brandon Streeter, which may... It influenced the, the the situation in Tigertown. But I think you'll quickly know if DJ goes out to Oregon State and just looks like, like the player that we thought he was, right, like on the Dr. Pepper commercial two years ago before Georgia and, and Clemson faced off there in Charlotte in the season opener and Georgia goes on to win back-to-back national titles, you know, he was the face of college football. I mean, I think people may have forgotten that because he sort of vanished, but going into that season, uh, DJ was the face of college football. And so if he goes out and just blows up at Oregon State, then I think you could say, yeah, there was something at Clemson that was wrong. Uh, but I mean, if kinda- he kind of looks like, yeah, if he looks like the guy he was in Tigertown, then I think you got to say, hey, maybe, maybe DJ is not quite as invested in football uh, as he he maybe uh, was either A, projected to be, or or B, as much as maybe his dad and other people around him would like him to be.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, the variable talk scared me back then in middle school. It took a while to learn independent, independent (laughs) variables, okay? It just took a little bit longer than everyone else. Final question before we get you out of here, Lawton. Just considering guys' improvement from year to year, because that's the goal. Everybody gets better every single season. And the newcomers that come in and provide an immediate impact, how much more talented would you say this team is than last year, if it's safe to say that at all?
1: uh, Well, I think defensively, I think you'd have to say that they are with the young guys coming in. And I know the name everybody talks about is Peter Woods. And the best thing I can tell you about Peter Woods is this. Forget what he did in the spring game, but Don Munson, who's the voice of the Clemson Tigers, I had him on my show. And, again, for anybody out there listening, uh, you can just follow us on Twitter at Clemson Sports. Make it super easy. A lot easier than typing my name. But um, you know, I talked to Don, and Don is the guy that's always pumped the brakes, right? I mean, Trevor Lawrence goes, undefe- or goes undefeated, wins the national title. They go undefeated the next year, like into the LSU matchup in the national championship game. And I asked Don Munson, you know, if, if, if Trevor wins this ballgame, is, is he potentially one of the great quarterbacks of all time? And Don Munson's a, whoa, 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 don't put the cart before the horse kind of guy, right? He never, never leans in on anything. Man, I asked him about Peter Woods, and Don Munson, I mean, he broke out the engineer's cap. I mean, he was he was driving that train, and he said he's not going to slow down the hype train on Peter Woods. So I think just Peter Woods and the guys, filing Green. Uh, I I think obviously T.J. Parker. I, I think those guys are all players as freshmen that can come in and play defensively for Clemson and could end up being you know solid backups because you've got you've got Tyler Davis and Rook Orororo in the middle. And then, obviously, a guy that everybody's kind of keeping their eyeballs on is what Xavier Thomas does off the edge for Clemson this year. But on the defensive side, yeah, I I think so. I think they're obviously – the the young guys have a chance to really be impactful uh, this season for Clemson.
0: That was Lawton Swan joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him at Lawton Swan on Twitter or his platform at Clemson Sports for all of your Clemson sports needs. Big Law, we'll see you down the road, my man.
1: Hey, guys, anytime you need me, I'm here for you.